This is Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Ian Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Rotary Matters. It's nice to be with you again. Now, this is a program in which we uh, take a look at some of the many worthy causes, the projects and the people who make up a Rotary. Now, most people at some time in their life will need to stand up and speak in front of a group of people. However, for many people, standing up in public and doing a speech is one of their greatest fears. If you get nervous when speaking in front of large groups, know that you are not alone. Psychologists attribute our phobia of public speaking to our fear of being ostracised from a group which thousands of years ago meant imminent death by a large predator. However, with preparation, practice and experience, people can overcome their fear, build confidence and deliver memorable speeches. In our modern world, the ability to present to an audience is a crucial skill if you want to impress employers, sway people to your point of view, pitch a business case, lead a team, speak to customers, make a speech after accepting an award, deliver a class to new recruits, represent your constituents to debate an issue, and so on. Now, public speaking isn't easy, but it's worth learning how to do it. Not only can it help secure a promotion and open up opportunities, but it can boost your self-confidence and your sense of achievement too. But where do you start? How do you get the skills that you need? Well, that's what we're here to learn today on Rotary Matters. We're going to be meeting two talented and enterprising young Australians still at university who launched a scheme aimed at high school students called Captivate the Future. And I'm indebted to Hornsby Rotary Club for drawing them to my attention. The core idea is very simple, a competition for high school students who present a short video presentation on a topic of their choice, a topic they feel passionate about, a cause they believe in, an idea that might change the world. The videos are assessed by experts in public speaking and the winner receives a $1,000 prize. And while this is a generous reward, the real winners and the students themselves have chosen a topic, developed it into, into a persuasive speech practice its delivery and recorded it. So we're going to be meeting uh, Kailash Sama and Tiara De Silva from Captivate the Future to tell us how it came about, how it has grown and also a little later on in the show some tips on how to overcome stage fright and to deliver confidently an impromptu speech. So this is Ian Stewart on Triple H 100.1 FM. The programme is Rotary Matters. And as you're going to find out over the next hour, Rotary impacts many lives and many concerns locally and all over the world. Now, the idea for Rotary Matters is to give you an insight into a specific Rotary cause or project. It's a worldwide organisation, been going for over 110 years. There are 1.2 million members and 36,000 Rotary clubs in 220 countries. Here in Australia, we've got 26,000 Rotarians. Now, most Rotary clubs meet weekly. Uh, in person or nowadays it could be in a hybrid form and they devote their time to making the world a better place and so they're going to be concentrating on community service projects like uh, fighting diseases such as polio and malaria they want to provide clean water sanitation and hygiene to save mothers and children to support education to grow local economies to promote peace uh, and to support the environment Rotary is huge. It's actually everywhere, but you know, it rarely gets the credit it deserves. As I said a few months ago, we're talking about uh, Captivate the Future, which is a cause supported by a local Rotary Club. Um, and it's a competition which enables young people to voice their opinions and to develop public speaking skills. 
We'll be so today, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking with uh, Kailash uh, Sama and Tiara da Silva about an exciting program which they run, which is called Captivate the Future. And I spoke to Kailash and Tiara a few days ago by Zoom. Well, welcome to uh, Rotary Matters today. We have two speakers with us representing Captivate for the Future. We have Tiara da Silva and Kailash Sama. So let's begin with you, Tiara. Give us an idea, if you would, please. Where did the idea come from to start Captivate the Future? Captivate the Future started just as an idea. Um, As two young kids, we struggled a lot with public speaking and we found comfort and we found our voices in speaking about the things we were passionate about. And as we grew up and we honed in on our own skills and we started doing our own work and started getting our own experiences, we realized that this is something that could really help younger students and the younger generation. So um, I wasn't originally there. I kind of joined in late, but Kailash brought up the this amazing idea um, because there was a severe underfunding of the creative arts and a lot of teachers, when they have to teach public speaking, they take out the time of their own personal lives and they don't get paid to teach kids public speaking and it's more seen as a side or an extracurricular activity. There's not much importance attributed to it, even though it really is a critical life skill. So at what age or at what year were you in school when you realised that public speaking could could be beneficial? Yeah, um, so Ian, you know, when we started Captivate the Future, I was 17. Uh, but before that, we'd been running public speaking programs through Academy of Speakers, and I started that when I just turned 15. So let's talk about Academy of Speakers, and this is Kailash we're talking with now. Academy of Speakers was an idea you came up with while you were at school to encourage uh, uh, pu- better public speaking skills amongst uh, fellow students. Would that be right? Yeah, so um, we started Academy of Speakers, yeah, you know, when I was 15. But the main idea was building confidence, resilience, and all of these leadership attributes through the art of public speaking. And we found that, like, you know, when I went through school, a lot of students were really scared to get on stage and show their ideas from school presentations to even speaking in public. And we really just wanted to change that. What happened, however, was when we ran our first program for high school students, we realized we couldn't really engage them. You know, they didn't want to participate in all of these activities that we did with the primary school students. So we really thought, well, how can we innovate public speaking to make it fun, to make it a competition and make it so that they can win amazing prizes, but also learn public speaking um, subconsciously? So did the schools um, readily support this idea? I mean, you indicated earlier, Tiara, that it was a uh, extracurricular activity for some of the teachers. I'm just wondering, Kailash, how responsive were the schools when you took it to them that Mm. uh, to be able to speak confidently in public would build, as you put it a moment ago, confidence and resilience? Were the schools supportive of that, or were they a little bit, Mm. hey, what? uh, How can you tell us um, how to do our job? Yeah, most definitely. And I I really understand what you're saying. So we've sort of had a divided response. Number one is we've had um, schools that have public speaking teachers that have the resources and they've been like, yes, another competition that we can bring our students into and, you know, they can complete it and just go straight to the competition. 
What we also realized was that many public schools don't actually have a public school. Uh, speaking teacher. So this is just a great resource given to teachers and principals to help teach their, you know, children and their students public speaking. Um, so for some, they use it as a competition. For others, they also use it as a learning resource. So are you saying that the um, private sector had greater funding anyway for uh, public speaking, but in the public sector, they needed some help? And this is where you were able to introduce the idea of the competition? Did it fall yeah, most, more in the pu- public sector than in the private sector? Yeah, so what we're aiming to do is try and target rural and regional schools just because they don't necessarily have the resources to come in and teach public speaking. Uh, what we found is when you have a look at the public speaking competitions out there, like Lions, even Rotaries, or you and Youth, the majority of people who win that are private schools. And those that you know are from a public school, they have a you know public speaking teacher, like I know Chaybrook does really well. So what we wanted to do was give the resources so that any students could also go into all of these other competitions and know how to speak in public. So how are you going at TRFU, how are you going about promoting the idea of Captivate the Future to, to the community? I think we've had successes in contacting schools, even reaching out to our own teachers and schools in the local area. We've done a bit of research on how we gauge, are able to gauge and kind of help those rural communities and those schools that have less funding. Um, and through our emailable database, we've kind of been able to pick and choose some students. Of course, COVID has made it a, a bit difficult this year coming, but that's been the main way and through social media that we've been able to engage with students and tell them about Captivate the Future's upcoming competition. So, so there's two parts to it. One is, is the teaching of public speaking and all the benefits that arise from that. And the second part is the competition um, through which you invite uh, students to propose a short video in which they discuss their passion, which comes to you for, for assessment. Is this how it works? Yeah, yeah. You, you are in receipt of how many videos do you need to um, watch in order to whittle it down to some finalists? Yeah, so what we normally do is for this year, we're expected to have 30 to 35 videos. Um, and from that, we're going to list it down to the top five and then pick a win out of that. Um, what we're going to do is we've worked with Ovations just to have a look at the criteria to base these students on. And then Ovations is going to also have a look and give their insights on you know, what's great about this speech, what's great about the other one, and who should be the winner um, for this competition. So listeners, just for your reference, Ovations is a very longstanding um, and well-regarded speakers bureau that manages uh, bookings for, for speakers across a whole range of, of purposes uh, Kailash, you're saying that they assess the videos that come to you. Do they also provide feedback to the people whose um, videos are perhaps not successful in reaching the top five? Mm, so the CTF team has been trained by Ovations. So they've really helped, you know, figure out the learning modules that we give to students. They've really shown, you know, what resources that students can have a look at. Um, but they've also trained the CTF team so that we can give the feedback to the students um, using their insights. Okay, so the judging is done by people from Ovations, supported by yourselves as Captivate the Future. Um, it seems to me that this TR, this whole project could go forward hugely. It could encompass not just the local area, but uh, go, go much further afield if it's based on submitting a video uh, for assessment by you. 
Uh, are there any barriers to how far you could take this program? Mm, a few. I, I think, as I mentioned before, the proliferation of COVID-19 has really provided a bit of a challenge for us because a lot of schools are shifting to online learning. And of course, because a lot of schools won't have access to resources, it'll be much more difficult to them. So their attention may be turned to other mechanisms and other things that they need to do. But that's where CTF can come in. And because CTF is majorly online and that it's so accessible and that it's so resourceful, um, I think it has a pretty good reach and I think it has potential to go further. Yeah, I'd have thought once we get out of COVID uh, and get back face-to-face in the schools, this is something that's going to prove uh, increasingly popular with more and more submissions coming in from locally, regionally, and, and why not from around the world? Mm, I think so. I think it has, I think, I believe it has great potential to, to reach a greater span of audience and not only to act as um, a learning mechanism for kids, but even for older people and for people in the workforce. So I think it has great potential. This is Ian Stewart. You're on Triple H, 100.1 FM. The show is Rotary Matters. And today we're talking about a public speaking competition it's called Captivate the Future. And I asked uh, Kalish, Kalish Sama, which, which topics are students most passionate about? Good, good. So, Kalish, back to you. Um, what are the topics which um, appear most often when students talk uh, on their videos about a passion that they have? Is there any, um, are there any patterns here about the um, issues that they're most concerned about? Mm, that's a really good question. And I think the whole point of CTF was figuring out what does the next generation really care about? And it was two main themes that you could see. Number one is about climate change and environment. You could see how, you know, a lot of these students knew a lot about what was going on and they were willing to challenge the status quo. Um, and I love that idea because um, they weren't afraid to share their own side, their own opinion and stand up for what is right. I think the next thing that I've really seen is that a lot of students have talked about their own personal experience, you know, being bullied, being discriminated against and, you know, what they've done to overcome it. So not only have they shown their own personal story, they're willing to empower others to go on the same journey. OK, so some of them would have been inspired, I think, and I picked this up from your website by, was it Greta Thunberg a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm who stood yep. at, um, at the United Nations and basically um, wrapped the knuckles of the, of the world leaders and said they've got to be doing something about, about climate change. She would have been quite an inspiration, I assume. So um, where are we up to now? It's early October, it's 2021. When is the next round, Tiara? When is the next round of videos being invited and when will they be judged? So we are accepting videos up until November 5th. We have about a month left. So get your videos in. And I think during this time, we'll really be prepping, really be um, looking into the framework that we've developed and um, looking into the videos and just getting more excited for more submissions. So um, I'm wondering how uh, Rotary can help you uh, spread the word. I was introduced to you through Hornsby Rotary Club, who had you as a guest speaker. Is it some, are you working at all through agencies like Rotary, which have got their feet on the ground in the community? Um, so, yeah, we are working with a lot of these agencies. What we're trying to do and what we see, one of the main challenges is, especially in COVID, is just getting to teachers. 
So right now, you know, teachers are trying to teach the HSC. They've got all of these classes online and it's really challenging, um, you know, for them to want to do another extracurricular activity. What, what we say to them is, hey, we've got everything ready for you. All you need to do is just send an email to their, your students. They know how to do it. It's on a Google Classroom, which means it's a software that they know. So what Rotary and a lot of these organizations um, have been doing, and we love their help for this, is that going to people that they know that are teachers so we can have an introduction so that we can give their resources that they can flick onto their students. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure we can help you with all of this, and I, I wish you well in, in attracting uh, many submissions this year. Kailash, you, I've spotted you on stage doing a TEDx talk, so you're an accomplished public speaker in your own right. And I know you were talking about public speaking. I'd love to ask you, um, and many of us suffer nerves uh, and hesitancy before we go on stage. It's known as stage fright. Um, any quick tips on how to deal with that? Mm, that's a really good question. I think when it comes to you know dealing with nervous energy, I always say that if you're not nervous, um, that's the worst thing that you could be because this nervous energy is really just excitement. And once you learn how to channel that, that's when you get to put this energy that you're having on this nervousness straight into the audience. So what I would actually do is that whenever I get on stage and I'm feeling nervous, after a while and realizing that what's happening, I get relieved because I know that this energy I have inside me, I can put into my words and then that'll transfer into the audience. Tiara, do you, do you support that view? Oh, 100%. I think preparation is key. Of course, nerves will always be there. It's a natural part of performing and getting up in front of an audience. But I think you can really, as Kailash said, channel those nerves into energy and through doing that, deliver what you need to deliver. Now, in the case of a pre-prepared speech, you've had time to work it up. Um, you know the points you're going to make. You get into physical shape, ready to uh, make the speech. But what if you're asked, Kailash, to do something impromptu? Like that, someone says, hey, Kailash, tell us about such and such. Um, mm. You've got five minutes on the stage, mate. Off you go. Um, mm. in, an impromptu speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 um, what would you say to that? Honestly, that's a really good question. And um, there's two ways I do this, and I love impromptu speeches. So number one is that when you're speaking and someone just asks you something, you need to buy yourself some time. So normally I start with a um, rhetorical question or I say something like, yeah, that's a really great question. So what I just did then, <laughs> what that allows you to do is buy you, you know, two or three seconds. And then you need to think about, OK, what am I going to say? Which, now, you, a did, lot of which people- you did just now. Yes, yes, I did. Um, And I I love doing that because it works in any scenario. The next thing that you really need to do is, um, and Dale Carnegie said this when he wrote The Art of Public Speaking, is that no speech is an impromptu speech. You should always have something in your head. And when I'm doing a speech or when someone gives me a quick question, I think about a framework that I can use. So one of them that I use a lot is past, present, and future. So I talk about, well, this is what we've done in the past. This is what we've done in the present. And this is what I think is going to happen in the future. So once you've got a framework in your head that you can use, you can apply it to almost any scenario. And that really eases the pressure of public speaking because you know sort of about where your ideas um, can be. Like, is it going to be in the past? Is it going to be in the present or future? So always have a framework in mind. Some people say that actors are good public speakers and vice versa, but is this necessarily true? Is acting the same as as public speaking? So um, I know a lot of training and like development in that field, a lot of them are 
or were actors. And the reason for that is they really know how to speak. However, one of the biggest differences I see in acting and public speaking is acting is showing someone you're not and embodying that. Public speaking is all about figuring out who you are and what you want to talk about and making sure that you can transfer that to your audience. So acting is pretending to be somebody else, whereas Mm. a public speaker has a much more detailed and in-depth personal relationship um, with that position that they're advocating in in the talk that they're giving. Good distinction. Definitely. Um, So, uh, Tiara, back to you. Um, You're inviting submissions now. Closing date was early November. Yeah, that's correct. November 5th. How do people, um, anybody watching, listening to this program, how would they get in touch with you? Um, What's the best way for them to do this? So we have a website, captivatethefuture.com. We have tips, tricks, Kailash's TED Talk is there, as as, as well as informative videos for public speaking. Um, There is also a Google form attached and you click on the Google form and you enter all of your details. So your name, your topic, what grade you're in, your age, and it gets filed into the participants. You submit your video and you go on from there. Um, if you're at school, does a school have to basically co-sign or, or endorse your application? Do you, need, do you need approval, in other words, from the school? Or can you just do it off your approval, in other words, from the school? Or can you just do it off your own bat in your own bedroom, more or less? Yeah, we've had multiple children. In fact, some of majority of the kids on our YouTube channel are in their uniform, giving their speeches. So I don't think you need approval for the school per se, but because we are targeting school children and kids of that age range, a lot of them are in school uniform. And Listeners, we've been talking this morning with Tiara De Silva and Kailash Sama about a terrific initiative called Captivate the Future. Um, I find the whole topic absolutely captivating. I think it's um, really hit, going to hit the mark. Uh, I wish you both very every success as you uh, as the program grows, and I see a very bright future for both of you, either as public speakers or in whatever uh, field you choose to work in. Um, you're showing great enterprise, creativity, and um, something really different that I think um, the community needs. So, congratulations to both of you and to captivate the future. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank for you having for us. having us.